you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. So, yeah, thank you for being here. I, um, It's fun. It, like I said, it's been an interesting night getting here. Uh, we had a one or two technical glitches. I've had a power loss and was hustling to make sure I could still get on board and everything's now working because every one of you is here and we have set that intention that tonight is a divine idea and it's divine order taking over that I know for at least the next hour or so everything's going to work just fine with technology and so um, that and I wanted to share that because I wanted to work in the idea that miracles happen all the time we were talking about it before um, y'all came on that the things that we've experienced with through this past year have been miracles that we've been able to continue and connect and come together through technology and through our intention to not let something stop us from maintaining connections to the greater world and to our community and to each other. And so there it's for me, it's, understanding and seeing miracles in every part of life. And before I jump off too far off, off the plan I had for tonight, I want to come back uh, and, and, and check a few boxes here. Uh, we are working in this series with a book called The 12 Conditions for Miracles or of Miracles. It's by Todd Michael. And he did something that was really powerful. He went back to the original Greek that the, the Bible, the New Testament was written in and explored how those words came forward in through history and into the English language. His idea was to see what are possible ideas around the stories in the New Testament. And in particular for this, his book, the story of the loaves and fishes and the feeding of the 5,000 from the story of, from the life of Jesus. And what I've read so far, he's got some really interesting ideas. I hope all of you are reading the book, following right along, um, so you can call me on any questions. And, and if you have a question during the talk, put it in the chat. That way we'll, we'll get to it when we have time for Q&A following the talk. So the, and so I wanted to start with the idea of miracle. Each of us has an idea of what a miracle is. You have your definition. I have my definition. I ask each of you to think about right now, what's your definition of a miracle? If you want to put it in the chat, but I also want to share my idea of a miracle. For me, a miracle has occurred when I kind of realize or I look around and I see myself in a place that I had no idea I could get to or that I was ex I'm experiencing something that I didn't know how to make happen. I might have known I wanted to get there, but I had no idea how to make it happen or how to even start. And, and so there's a, in the definition of miracle, there's a, there's a part of that definition that says it's done beyond physical or laws of science. I don't know about that part, but I know it's done, done beyond my ability to make it happen. So for me, that's how I, I, I begin to see miracles. It happens outside of me. 
The other thing I've learned about miracles I don't want to share tonight is that size does not matter with miracles. Little bitty miracles, great big ones, in the mind of God, they are just simply an expression of, of divine life, divine law. And so the reason I want to make that distinction between you know, little and big miracles because, is that miracles for me are a process. There's, they, they're ever going on. There were, because we are always changing. Our experience of miracles is always changing. And so in a, any kind of process or a flow is recognizing the moments inside of the process or inside of the flow when there's something going on, whether you like it or not. And so with miracles, if that's using the law of attention or attraction, if you like having miracles expressed in your life, then notice them. Say thank you. Put them, put them into your awareness so that spirit, as we're going to find out in a minute, recognizes that and brings more of it. So, so for me, miracles are just, it's an awareness that I have when something happens beyond myself and it doesn't matter how big or small, it's just whatever it was, it happened outside of me. And I can call anything I want to be a miracle. It, I've never had one yet complain and say that it wasn't a miracle. So use, you get to name them, you get to claim them. Now, the other word for tonight, because this is chapter two of his book is called alignment. And frankly, when I read alignment, I thought I understood it. And then when I read the chapter, I said, no, I don't understand it. And I don't agree with it. And the reason I don't is that alignment is a noun. Alignment is stayed. It's a, it's a place. Alignment by definition is when everything is all lined up. So to better understand alignment, what I want to share is when something, how do we know something's not in alignment? Let's get a distinction there. So has anybody besides me ever tried to ride a bicycle where the front wheel was not in alignment with the handlebars? Okay, good. And we all live, we all live through it. But when your body's constantly fighting because it sees the wheel, it sees the handlebars being turned sideways so that you can go straight, but it's saying, no, that's not right. And if you hold your handlebar straight, then the bike's going off to the other side. It creates a lot of stress for the rider. And, and so, so you know something's not right. It's feedback. It's saying uh, you might want to stop and check. The other example for not being in alignment is your car. And if your wheels are not in alignment, Thanks to power steering today, even though the wheels may be out of alignment, power steering allows us to keep going straight. Now you recognize quickly, don't take your hands off the steering wheel. But there's also a lot of stress being created because if your tires are turned in out of alignment, you're going to wear your tires out so much faster than they were designed. Again, that's feedback. That's out of alignment. That's what's not alignment. Now, for me, alignment then is, is when everything is all lined up. But the reality in my life, 
is that I'm, I can't stay there as a human. That life is always moving and shifting. And that I find the better word for me is align or aligning. That with, as I move through life, that if I try to stay just in one aligned pattern, that's almost as much stress as when I'm out of alignment. But when I look at aligned as a process, one, I take off, take, take away the issues of am I in or out of alignment as a good or bad, or I'm not doing right. I'm not, you know, if I'm not aligned, I'm, I'm bad, broken or wrong, or I'm messing up. But if I see it as a process where I come into aligned and then I might slip one way or another, I get the feedback that says time to change. And so I, I look at that dynamic relationship between me and my life and God as a process of me always finding my way back. Why do I say that? Because I know that I am not the same as I was yesterday, nor will I be the same tomorrow. So what is my idea of alignment or being aligned today may shift. For example, in 2010, we are looking for a house and I did all the, the good, good things with lists and prayer and, and creating and aligning my, and what I felt inside with what I was asking for from, from spirit and was guided to a wonderful little house up here in Kenmore. And it was a perfect house for me and Carrie in 2010. And now here in 2021, we've got new ideas. I'm a minister now. I, that wasn't even on the horizon in 2010. And we're talking about, and Carrie's work was different. And now we're talking about groups and small groups and trying to do classes and some things. And this house doesn't support that. So we're, we weren't out of alignment then we were in alignment. Now that we've changed, it's time to explore and come up with a new alignment for aligned way of being with God. And that doesn't mean we're going to leave this house, but it means something is going to change in our lives. And we're undertaking the process that is outlined in, in some of what's in the book of how we're going to create our new, our new home. But the, what worked in 2010 is not going to work in 2021, because neither one of us is the same person. So that's where alignment is, is, to me, is something you pass through and you come back to and you just recognize it when you're there and you recognize when you're not. And that gives us a place to be able to approach our relationship with God with, with a little more openness and compassion. One, what I found in this chapter that really resonated was the the what we teach in science of mind is that God is our source. That our first step of treatment is to recognize the infinite, to recognize the infinite love, divine love, divine wisdom, the omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence of God. That everything that is is God's expression, and each of us is a unique and wondrous expression of God. 
So when I see that in this, in this book, and I recognize that we're already inside of God, so how do we ever actually get out of alignment? But we're, we're there in, in connection. So what we're doing with alignment is we're finding a way to bring ourselves back into a closer relationship to that oneness. For we are created with free will. We get to make our own decisions. We get to express and live life how we want to, and we hate to have our choices. In the back of the chapter, um, the author has a list of things to help us with our alignment, and there's some pretty good ones there. And one I liked is making it practical. And by practical, it's like, what can I do day to day that will let me be more in aligned with God, with source. One of those things is to practice compassion, compassion for myself, compassion for each for other people, to be aware of, of life, not in judgment, for judgment separates, but to come with compassion, which is coming from love. That doesn't mean I turn off my discernments, but I set aside judgment, set aside broken or wrong or, or anything like that, and simply see the world with the eyes of God or trying to find my way to resonate with that compassion of, and love that is the truth of spirit and the truth of our creation. That lets me, with compassion, be able to do some, some more practical things of seeing the other and taking action for the, myself and for the other. What he didn't call it the law of karma, but for me, it's the law of karma at work that he's talking about in, in doing for others and working with the law. We tell spirit, we tell God what we are looking for in our lives by our actions. And that's the law of karma where we're activating it for our good. And he said, and he pointed it out as being something we do in small ways by bringing order or bringing, bringing help to others in our lives. I find, um, he mentioned this, and, and I do this, I, and you can ask Carrie, I rescue shopping carts with a passion. It's a small thing. I've got some friends in this. I got some team members. They talk to me. And when I see one out there all by itself, I can hear it saying, I'm lost, help me. And I will take it to the cart corral or take it to the store, but I do it with an intention of bringing order and safety because I know that this cart out here by itself, somebody might get hit, it could roll into damage. Just so many things could happen that, how hard is it to, to take a shopping cart to the corral? and make life easier for somebody else. And so it's, it sounds silly, but that small example of putting into the universe, I like order. I like taking care of what's around me is telling, the, telling spirit to bring more of that to me, not options to move shopping carts, no, <laughs> but to bring what that represents into my life that desire for order. So to kind of wrap up this part, I want to share that Dr. Holmes, Ernest Holmes, gave us some really good guidance about how to approach 
um, miracles and how to find what is ours to do. And this is setting up next week about asking. But he, when someone asked him what to pray for, and I think it's important for miracles, his answer was, your prayer, as long as it harms no one, including yourself, and brings more life, then that prayer, then that's your prayer. It's the same with miracles. As long as the miracle that you're seeking or you're desiring brings more life and it harms no one, it's a miracle worth pursuing. And of course, as I said earlier, please recognize and join me in recognizing all the miracles, no matter how little or how big, that occur every day in our lives. So that is the quick um, part of this talk of this of tonight. 